welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. I'm James Carey. And we're here at the Writers Guild of Great Britain. Fittingly, because we're going to be talking about the uh, the winners of the Writers Guild uh, Awards, uh, which took place, the three comedy awards that took place uh, on Monday. And uh, we've had the fact there was a, a new award um, this year, as well as having Best Radio Show and Best TV Sitcom. Uh, we had an award for the Best New Online Comedy. And joining James and I today, we have uh, guests. We have the chair of the uh, panel for the uh, online awards, and also a man very much fated at the moment for his brilliant uh, script, uh, Eric, Ernie, and Me, which was on over uh, Christmas on BBC. And uh, so, please welcome Neil, Neil Forsyth. Hello, thank you very much. Thanks for coming. And also uh, joining us is uh, another uh, prominent writer, member of the Writers Guild, and he was one of the judges for the online awards, and it's Shai Hussein. Hello. Also joining us, because uh, and uh, she was uh, one of the judges on the TV I have no awards. No qualifications to be here. No, 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 no. But actually has <laughs> made an online comedy. Whoa. So yeah. on that basis alone is... And uh, very much a friend of the show. It's yes, absolutely. It's Abby Burdess. Hi. Hi. Have you recovered from Edinburgh, by the way? Oh, just about. Just yeah. about. Have you? Uh, yes, I got to leave earlier than you did. But it's uh, just for the... For the benefit of everyone else, we did a Edinburgh Live special, as it were, with with Abby, and um, you were sort of I can't remember you, you, you were descending into madness or coming out of it. But yeah. either way, it was just like it's fine, it's yeah, fine, it's everything's fine. going okay. great. Yes. Anyway, so, let's, start, let's start with uh, talk about the online show. And uh, Neil, do you want to uh, guide us through the uh, winner and also mention the uh, shortlist? Yes. Well, so we should say that it was the first year that we. Writers Guild added the online awards. Dave and you were sort of in, mm-hmm. instrumental to kind of getting that on board. And we thought it was a way to recognise all comedic voices, but particularly up-and-coming writers. And the, yeah. there's so much comedy has just been, has been kind of plonked online now and people missing out those traditional development routes. Yeah. We got about 60 entries, is that right? And, yeah. uh, you know, fantastic mm-hmm. kind of quality and a real range of um, premises and comedic voices. And it, what it boiled down to was, I'm going to give the kind of uh, full shortlist first, I think. Uh, well, I'll give the, 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 the final three, which was uh, Maddock Larwood, showreel for one word or less parts. I think they're all freely available online, these, uh, yeah. these clips. Um, a Hard Brexit, which was uh, written by Barney Fishwick and Will Hislop. And the Meet the City Boys Secretly Voting for Corbyn, written by Gabriel Bissett-Smith. So that was the final shortlist of three. But I'd like to also give a quick shout-out to the Comic Relief Originals, The Designers, written by Daniel Oudrit and Kat Butterfield, and The Split, written by Stuart Elliott, and was there one more? I think that was... uh, yeah, I think yeah. that was it. If so I'm not mistaken, Daniel and Kat were graduates of the the well, the NFTS comedy course, so uh, that's great. interesting. Mm. That's, uh, yeah, they can well, recognise those names. Um, and anyway, the final winner, and we are revealing the winner, is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Good. Final winner was Maddox Larwood for showreel of one word or less parts. So. Whoa! Well done, Marek. Marek is the king of the, uh, yeah. the, the, the online. A very str- he's a very strong physical comedian, yeah. and also he had my favourite joke of 2017, which I don't think he wrote, but when he was in Tim Vine Travels in Time, he had, um, uh, he had, horse, he had uh, horse imprints on his face, 
And he said, well, what, what, it, it says, well, why have you got that? He says, well, you know when it says Robin Hood, Robin Hood, Robin through the Glen? I'm Glen. This is probably my favourite joke of 2017. But it'd be interesting to think about, so out of all those online comedies, because we, we've talked about should you make your own YouTube video on this podcast before, and I have usually been pretty negative about it, just because it's very hard to do well, and if you're a writer rather than the writer-performer, you're better off spending that time and energy creating a really good script um, and trying to get interest in you as a writer rather than making a... You know, but I think I'm happy to admit that our, that is probably slightly dated advice now. What were, what were the things that surprised you as you ploughed through 60 entrants? Were there any, any clear patterns of stuff that tends to work you know what are people getting wrong I think sound people tend to find very difficult to get right mm. um, because on an iPhone that you know you've got this incredible quality camera but mm. the actual the microphone's not particularly good and that's hard to get right what were the trends that you noticed uh, Shy Any, anything that leaps out yeah I mean like uh, the, uh, the winner um Sorry to call it again. Matic Larwood. Yeah. Uh, Matic Larwood. Um, I mean, he's, he was a great performer and everything. I was just wondering how um, effective it would have been just by script alone. I felt that a lot of the material that uh, got through to the finals uh, was very much dependent on the talent of the performers. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's not saying that the scripts wouldn't have been amazing. Mm. I mean, but I'm just wondering how much of it would have, you know, the bias would have been towards performance over writing. Yeah. Um, Although good writing writes yeah. to good performance, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. that's uh, it, it, it's it was, a tricky balance. Isn't yeah, it, it was certainly yeah. a debate that we had was was what should you be particularly rewarding? Yeah, um, to guard against someone's very good script being let down by performance, mm. for example. Um, um, what stuff that was in the bottom thirty, as it were? What sort of mistakes are they making that you just think ah, that's not quite like? Quite often, it's like I don't quite know what this is about or this is just you know this is just somebody talking and hoping someone's going to be funny or you know were there any any obvious sort of pitfalls that people were falling into um i think i think it was um there was a well there was a sort of pragmatic thing that ruled some out which was um too long right um i think we well, put what a 10 you? minute limit okay. on it didn't we dave was it yeah, yeah, yeah. we put a 10 minute limit on it and i really think that for online you've got to write to your medium a little bit yeah. I do feel longer than that feels like something that perhaps is an outlier in yeah. online comedy and then there was a couple of but things do you think, but do you think things are better when they're just shorter anyway just if tighten it up you know I think um, you know beginning middle and end and yeah. a couple of twists along the way and there's no reason really for something to drift that long unless yeah. you're actually just wanting to present specifically a taster tape of a sitcom pilot for yeah. example which is a kind of slightly different beast um, I just think tightness in writing throughout editing we talked about there I mm, mean mm. you know that probably sounds quite scary to some people it sounds mm. very technical but it's not really it's just comedic timing yeah. and you know if you can master the kind of technical side of it it's just thinking where should we end this scene yeah. and where should we move it on and um, and then there was a, some that we actually found the used members of the public and mm. or, you know and I think we kind of took the position I think rightly that editorially that probably we had to kind of take those ones out if they were leaning on the public to try and find the humour of the situation. Okay, right. Because mm. that's when not written. Works for the advertising industry, <laughs> leaning on comedians <laughs> to find the funny Well, absolutely, text. yeah. No, I did, um, I mean, I watched quite a few of them and um, I, 
as you say, Neil, I mean, the thing that you have to look out for, and we say this all the time to people with whatever the script is that you're doing, um, you know, it's not enough to just have a few people in a room talking. You've got something mm. happens, mm. a situation happens, there's a twist, some there are complications, and then there's another twist and we get out of it. And it's get, getting to that second twist. People are always very good at coming up with the first, what if X, Y, Z, and then then they kind of drift towards the end. So, so it, it's Try the same. Trying to smack the pony method of just yeah. shifting the camera to one side yeah. and just go, ah, I think yeah. we're bored of that now. Or the fast <laughs> show. Oh, well, we're so fast, we don't need yeah. to have punchlines. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. but you're not the fast show. Yeah. Um, so you have to have those punchlines. That, 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 that for me, is, and again, and it's the rule for, 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 for all writing all the time, really, isn't it? Is, yeah. is have, you know, get to the point three quarters of the way through where we're, where we're going to think, oh my God, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah. Ah, that's clever yeah. what they did there so that's um that's yeah especially if it's going to last more than 90 seconds you do need to be telling a story yes very yeah. much so and, yeah. and finding something surprising within an yeah. everyday situation and then playing it playing that out and out and out but i think i think also we have to be careful not to make sure we weren't just very specifically trying to reward um in inverted commas sketch comedy right you know yeah. writing a sketch it is quite a specific writing tool and if we're calling this online comedy mm. well we it has to be a catch-all and has to be you know some people don't want to write sketch and see themselves yeah. as purely narrative writing yeah mm-hmm. or or something a bit more offbeat or left field so i think we were trying also to find mm. clips that wouldn't fall into you know they couldn't have just sent this to a sketch show as a, as a yeah. kind of freelance submission it's something that's very unique in voice and a bit weird as yeah. well yeah. so I think we find some of them as well yeah. I mean the thing online does so well is character comedy you can really because of that because you can make something cheap mm. um, that make something cheaply which is um, a real in-depth character study online I think mm. um I don't know. Did you come across any good character? Yeah, yeah, but I do think the character comedy. Shy made a very good point earlier, which you should make again about not making sure we're not just rewarding writer performers. Mm. I mean, as a uh, there's a real increase in terms of um, comedy performers. If you look on TV now, um, it's just sort of like seems that comedy itself. It's it's the writing there's as as we discussed mm. before and everything a lot of um the jokes come out on whether it's well edited or whether it's well performed um I, there was a web series a comedy web series that i made and the majority of the jokes on that actually came out from the improvisation of the actors on set mm. um and through the editing as well and um that's not dissing my own writing but it's, mm. like, it's just that there's a Sounds lot like of, it, yeah. <laughs> but, but there, there were a lot of other factors yeah. um yeah. in there and i have don't feel as if whenever I, I sort of go into um, meetings and everything it's very difficult to explain comedy and it's very difficult to sort of like um, it, a lot of comedy comes out of character um, so when you're writing it as a pitch and everything and as a plot um, you can't pitch comedy as well unless like you tell the producer who you have in mind for that right. role and for them to visualise where the comedy would come from mm. it's, it's just really difficult to sell um so yeah yeah i did i did notice there were quite a few uh just starting now but I, there, there were some um that had come from quite big uh independent production companies like uh, big talk i think had some mm. uh, in there, a few, there. A few. um is do you, do you think that um i mean we should try and encourage the the the, the I mean, are, are the indie companies are they encouraged to be producing stuff now because obviously it's harder to get TV pilots and radio pilots made. Do you think there'll be more of that? 
I mean, I mean, I mean you, you're sort of working, doing lots of this kind of stuff. Are you, are you finding taster tapes are now much more common than they're sort of trying to treat them as a YouTube video in their own right? Or you know? This is the first time, I don't know, because for years I've been that miserable, well, if I can't sell the script, then it's not, there's no point doing it. And re- very recently, probably like last year, I was just like, why am I not making some proper, hmm. you know, um, proper tapes? I, I do think it's useful. Well, I've almost sold some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do think it's useful um, to, to have an idea that is makeable like that looks like something else yeah if you're mm. trying to sell it so that like, I do think there is a, a massive opportunity which I don't want any of the listeners to, to take yeah, I because I want to only be the only one who's doing but I do yeah. think that there's like um, there's not not an, a lot of irreverence yeah for the forms of the internet yet yeah so like there's it seems like a lot of those forms themselves are quite sacrosanct. They're like yeah. the ridiculousness of yeah. most online videos. Yeah. Mm. People don't really take the piss out of that. Yeah. And I think that there's a massive opportunity there. In terms of, but yeah. I mean, I always love the kind of co- like rather than content. Yeah. I like I like um, shows that take the piss out of themselves and that sort of day to day. Yeah. The piss out of the, the way the news itself yeah, yeah. is made. You know, the way it's presented. Mm. And I think that there there are um, opportunities. To be had online. Yeah. Yes, I can't. I'm not. I'm not thinking off the top of my head of any deconstructed online. Well, the the inner field uh, comedy in the field right uh, series, but that was on BBC Three, I think, wasn't it? Did that was did that qualify? I don't know. It sounds like it's for young people to me. I don't. I don't don't think it was submitted. I don't recognise the title. G show. They did things like University Challenge. Right, it's in a field. Right, but that's taking, but that's sort of taking an an established TV format and doing it. Yeah, okay. In a in a in a low budget way, but there's there is a way of talking and there's a way of of vlogging and there's a way of. I mean, vloggers are hilarious. Like most vloggers are the most nightmarish, narcissistic, (laughs) insane noughts around, and so you don't. But yet, there's a lot of mm. kind of reverence, partly because they're really beautiful. A lot of vloggers are so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so you just kind of what you just get kind of I don't know. I watch a lot of vlogs. Right. And I just get kind of hypnotised by these kind of in, insanely good-looking yeah. people. And you're thinking, crap. how and is like, this? Wait. This is so banal. How is it even content? Yeah, and how, how much it, of it have I watched today? Yeah. Exactly. So hypnotised. So, like I mean, there are makeup tutorials and stuff, which are some of the funniest things I've without meaning to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I haven't I haven't really seen anybody kind of really go for it. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's one there's a hilarious I don't know if that was um t- uh, the the woman who takes the piss out of uh, contouring um out oh, of the contouring queen who does that. Oh, oh no, yeah. but you are so that that's yeah. remember you should not have a nose no nose. <laughs> that, that's that's she's really yeah. funny. Yeah. I don't know what right. she's called them. Yeah. Name checking her. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm interested also because you know but obviously part of the nature of the stuff on the internet is it's it's fleeting and it's passing and and I mean I guess we what we're trying to do with the writers guild we're trying to set up an award online company as as you say is to get new voices and people coming through but do you think I mean that as as self-contained pieces you know these are things that you think people would come back to and watch watch again you know yeah, I think so. I think the one that uh, the one the, the one that won definitely would because um, yeah. it's it's uh, I mean with uh, online comedy it's a lot of what would go viral and everything and that kind of thing it just made you laugh and it's uh, like immediately relatable 
Um, yeah, we should talk. We should briefly des- describe it. I mean, it's yeah. So it's Marek Lar with showreel for parts uh, one line or less. Right. And a lot of visual jokes. And but what he's ultimately doing is sort of, um, I guess, pastiching or finding humour in the reductive way that television shows certain things. So like right. muggers or I can't even can you remember the other categories. But it was it was he kind of went through about thirty. Yeah. Parts that would yeah. ultimately have remember, one line. I do remember one yeah. show, yeah. yeah, and yeah. find a very quick visual yeah. or quick snappy dialogue yeah. way of kind yeah. of. Um, mm. As you're describing it, it reminds me of that amazing Peter Serafinovich video where he does a hundred impressions, impressions in five yeah. minutes, yeah. and none of them are impressions. Yeah. Um, they're all they remind you of people, but they're not, and they each <laughs> have a really odd, specific yeah. impression and a line to go with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it is mesmerising because yeah. you sort of know exactly who it is, but yeah. it's sort of not anyone. Which sounds like the, you know the amount of work that has gone into it then yeah. that makes it that that that's that, coming back to what we're saying. You know, you still have to put as much work yeah. into the writing of the the script, even if it's yeah. visual gags. There's still a lot. of... It's a lot of work, and I think maybe that's the interesting eye opener for um, people once they start making their own stuff. Which is why it is probably worth having a go at making it yourself is you suddenly realise how incredibly time-consuming making television is, mm. how incredibly um, painful it is to cut stuff, yeah. how much preparation you need to do. This is a fantastic video. It's probably been going around the internet for 10 years, but I only saw it this year. It was 100 different ways of walking, and there's mm. somebody on a treadmill walking in 100 different ways. Like they're, you know, they're drunk, they're carrying something, you know, they're sort of... And you just he's absolutely nailed it, and you just think, I wonder if that took him... An seven hour years. or seven weeks. Mm, no, absolutely. Um, it will have done. It will have done. And yeah. that's, I think the edit that's, alone would have taken, yeah. you know, three or yeah. four whole days at least. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that another big sort of learning thing for people thinking of submitting, like any comedy writing, less is more. Yeah. And just keep distilling, keep cutting, keep cutting, keep cutting. And that's absolutely definitely, you know, the ones that came through onto the shortlist were the ones where they cut out the fat, you know, yeah, and, and, yeah. and just give, you know, leave them wanting more. I think that internet's yeah. probably made for that kind of discipline as well yeah. Mm. Yeah. that's also good advice for, for starting out comedy writers generally isn't yeah. it and for making things short I mean I found when I made one last year and I because I, I'm used to having a script editing process where somebody goes no no send it back do it again send it back do it again make it less expensive mm. and so doing it myself I was I actually recorded a really woolly version of the sketch <laughs> and it was only when I saw it that I was like oh this needs to be like a Half as long. Yeah, I have yeah, to take yeah. out mm. all the way, and um, and that you have to be your own script editor. Absolutely, in the, yeah. in the early days, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. One yeah. thing that does help, and again, this is another reason why it's more, uh, why we recommend more now that you should do this more than uh, before. Is that, and I, I know I did some stuff with Marek uh, a couple of years ago, and the, the guy that we were working with um, just had a Mac basically, and he shot it. He had the sound. He did the edit. And he was fantastic, and he had a good sense of humour, and he was quick. And so, um, if you can find that the kind of person as a writer that yeah. you're looking for, maybe you're look if, if you're just a yeah. writer, someone with a writer former, yeah, there, there are more people now yeah. that you can find who have got these skills, and and they, you know that all the other skills apart from the comedy writing bit. Um, can often be done by one other person so it is worth looking out for people looking out seeing stuff that you like on the net and finding out who made it and maybe that's a, a useful tip as well
Okay, we're moving on now to the uh, TV award, the best TV show. Abby, you were one of the judges again, second year running for you on the yes. TV award. So uh, we can tell you what the um, nominations were, which were This Country by Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper, Back by Simon Blackwell, and Inside Number Nine, mm. The Bill by Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith. Mm-hmm. Mm, they were. Those were the nominations. Those were the nominations. But as you were. Um, <laughs> As, so how many how many were you sort of trawling through in terms of scripts? I think and we had I think no I think we read twenty eight. Okay. So it's quite it's quite a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Um, I love this country. I have to say that right. was really it's really exciting, cool, and is that a first or a second series? I think, I think it, it's, it's first. first. Yeah. Okay. It's first. Well, I hadn't yeah. heard of them, and I had like one of those proper, ooh, right. ooh, this is good. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. enjoying this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, again, like I quite, I quite liked it because they were so, they had the sit was really, the they were they're so poor mm. and they're so going nowhere. Yeah. And it's and it's good to see that because you so often see sitcoms where you're just like the stakes for the characters yeah. seem unrealistic mm. and uh, I thought anyway I thought it was good and so it's set in the country isn't it yes and what I liked about that was so I've not actually watched it properly yet okay. but I've made a note to watch it because one of my um, big problems with as someone who lives in the country and has come from the country my dad was a dairy farmer and the you biggest the biggest um, TV show pretty much in the country is Country File <laughs> And they only really ever show you the countryside in reference to the town. Yeah. They always treat people who live in the countryside as interesting specimens of yeah. people. All oh, people live here and all, oh, let's come and have a look. So it looks like that's a show which yeah. doesn't define itself against, it's just, it is what it is. It's like, these are people who live I think, yeah, I think in the, the country great... and maybe are trying to escape it. But yeah. uh... Well, the thing, the great thing about it is we've talked a lot about the, the lack of uh, white working class uh comedy in the last few years really and uh definitely it's not like any other mm. show in that sense it's a very much from a working class viewpoint and uh it's just so refreshing i haven't seen any of the scripts i've just watched so refreshing to see it. grinding <laughs> poverty it's true though it's that thing that when you're a teenager and you just all you do is hang around the disabled toilets at mcdonald's i don't know and you're like yes like a lot of funny stuff comes yeah, out yeah, that yeah. and it's a real opportunity for them to look at those relationships yeah. Yeah. Um, where you really like, you really care about the hierarchies yeah. Yeah. and stuff in yeah. a, like in, in an old fashioned like we got to know who the boss yeah. is and what the status yeah, yeah. is so kind of what, like, what fascinated me was uh, especially given that the winners uh, which I'm, I'm giving it away here because I know what won um, well you can say but, because uh, this, yes, this, this is a winner well the winner was inside number nine and um but what was really interesting to me, and there was a particular scene I remember where uh, the two main characters, who, you know, they want to make some money, and they go to the the village hall, and there's a woman at the village hall talking to all the local unemployed people about how they can make money, and it was a scene that was for me was very very reminiscent of early League of Gentlemen oh. scenes. Where they Hello, were, job seekers. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, but because. For me, that felt that always felt like a, a little bit of a kind of act of 
playing the local local village, local people. Whereas this actually felt like it came from the people themselves. And that the, although there was a kind of similarity, it felt like it had a real kind of extra, it had a sort of extra kick to it. And the, 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 the equivalent figure of the uh, Pauline, or whatever yeah. she was called, was equally monstrous. But... There was some more sort of humanity to it somehow. I don't. I can't quite put my finger on why I thought that, but I did. I, I did feel it. It, it mm. felt like ah, this is people from where they are mm. doing the com- doing their comedy. It's not uh, lots of very clever, funny comedy people. Uh, it feels like it's giving you an insight into a world, yeah. rather than this is a well constructed narrative. Yeah, and these characters work. They're not mm. quite the same thing. Well, inside number nine one. Yes. So. Yes. So well, <laughs> get over it, Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Was yeah. that your yeah. choice or? I think this? that there was a feeling that it was um, in terms of writing. Yeah. It was such a... Because we were also judging it on a particular script. Mm. And so the script that we were judging was one which was all set in a single... It was like a play. Mm. And it was set in a single place. And it was um, yeah. it was the one where they... Um, t- it turns out to be a scam. Right. And it's that beautiful... Yeah. Where yeah, it was lovely. such good character yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like very clear on comic voice. And it had this kind of... And also they never seem to get... Um, yeah, you don't, you don't sort of... I don't know. Say that's... That's a, it's a writer's award, yeah. and I sort of yeah. felt like it was a yeah. it was a real. I mean, I don't know what the sit was really. I suppose. In yeah. that. But that's except but for just being half, northern. It's a half hour being narrative. Being northern is the thing you can't the, get out of. The comedy, <laughs> the um, but the comedy award itself is a slightly. It's a slightly split beast. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Because it's it doesn't there's no entertainment sort of award kind of thing. It's a broken yeah. comedy or anything like that. Mm. For with the Writers Guild at least, but was there anything as you were reading all of these different scripts and stuff? Was there stuff that you noticed where there seems to be a trend for this or that? Or I do think that now there is a it. Um, well, we talked about it a bit last year, but that the whole thing of having a developing narrative arc. Yeah. Um, that I do think that seems to be influencing me. I loved Outnumbered as well. I thought it was really, mm. really well because that those characters they know those characters so well. Mm. Yeah. And um, and all the the um, we talked last last year we were talking about the the short hose. Do you remember like the way um, that thing of having a a mechanism by which we visually work out whether or not the protagonist has achieved his goal. Yes. Or whatever. Yes. The clear terms yeah. of success. The clear terms yeah. of success. Yes. And I I did feel like um, that I felt like I saw more. Um, Crafted more kind of visually crafted scripts oh, this year, which was yeah. re- really good. Not to say that they weren't great last year, but there there was seen to be more of an understanding of that kind of like yeah. simple act structure and knowing what mm-hmm. the yeah. knowing what the well, things would be. Yeah. yeah. Well, if yeah. if people decide to if people are watching, you know, the League of Gentlemen guys doing stuff like that and are thinking, well, these guys are doing it, do so it. we should do that. Yeah. Then that for me would be a definite bonus because I've found lots of comedy quite often rather unsatisfactory in its resolution and you know story arcs have a bit to answer for in that I think as well so um, and just to round off um, uh, radio yeah well radio there were the short list was um, I can tell you Kevin Eldon 
Kevin Eldon will see you now. Oh, Sarah Kendall, Australian trilogy, and John Finnemore's double act. Right, so so it was a very very close uh, first and second. There were several shows that, that came very near to being on the shortlist, and Kevin Eldon uh, was was there. And but there were so many shows that that could have taken the third place. Mm. Uh, Kevin Eldon, Henry Normal, brilliant show, a lovely sitcom uh, by Holly Walsh called Charlotte and Lillian. Um, lots of good, really good, interesting. You, you sitcoms. Were, I remember when we when I was sort of slightly teasing you about having all this listening and reading to do yeah. um, and you were actually really enjoying it and saying I how impressed believe, you were with I the high standards I could not believe and I was just I, I was daunted and in fact there were 43 shows which was more than I've ever had to listen to and I was dreading it uh, <laughs> and actually you know and I, I was getting to I was thinking right I've got to find five or six and I, I listened to about 25 shows and already had 10 shows that I really liked I thought god what am I how good are these next ones going to have to be to get into the top 10 and quite a few were good enough mm. so there was there were two front runners basically and there were Sarah Kendall's uh, Australian trilogy and John Finnemore's uh, double act which was very good and uh, was it was brilliant as John Finnemore's shows always are as we always say on this show um, the uh, it just in terms Sucking of the actual <laughs> Sarah Kendall's Australian trilogy, the particular episode we listened to was um, so far uh, such, such a brilliant piece of work, and it had the most amazingly brilliant ending of any show radio show that I've ever listened to uh, in Ooh. at least twenty Ooh, years. It um, and it was absolutely uh, stunning, and it was really uh, a kind of uh, there was unanimity mm. among the judges that once it was chosen that fair enough yes mm. that really was uh, such a, a, a brilliant show and it had this sort of uh, amazing ending as well it's beautiful piece of storytelling very funny uh, but yes as a piece of writing uh, it just stood out um, but the um, um, I, I, didn't, I wasn't on the judging thing the, the only thing to note I would say and I wonder if this is a theme that any of us have spot sorry, have any thoughts on this is it feels like audio is having a bit of a um, resurgence. It feels like people are now wanting audio to be good. It seems that Audible have just raised their game and there's now much more stuff going on to Audible and whether people are being more tempted to do audio only because it is possible to get some really good ideas down that don't require visualisation, that mm -hmm. don't require... I don't know, have you, been, have you written much audio or attempted to? Or? Yeah, sort of um, back in the day, like seven years ago, I wrote a few things for Asian Network and Radio 4. Mm. Um, but then, I mean, one of the things that turned me off of audio drama was that, you know, you had to write within parameters because there was only Radio 4 mm. that would take it on and um, yeah, you can't swear and there's certain sort of, like, edgy... I mean, you can get quite edgy, but not supremely... There's an expectation as well of what it's going to be and what it isn't going to be. I what guess, age range yeah. you're yeah. directed towards. They know their audience in Radio 4. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. So you veered away from it and do you find yourself coming back or...? Um, well, right now, it's, it's actually online that I've been most tempted by. Right, yeah. um, I mean, there was a, a comedy stand-up I dabbled with mm. last year as well, but then I realised I just enjoyed a lot more using that material and making it into mm. short comedy form for YouTube mm. instead. So, yeah. um, But with uh, audio, uh, mm. coming back to it and everything, I mean, it does seem to be a really exciting moment now, mm. but we were talking mm. earlier about how there's only Audible who are the one gatekeepers, and yeah. that was the thing I had with before Radio 4 were the only gatekeeper so it's nice that there's now yeah. two but still yeah. it, it would be nice to have more 
Um, I think Audible are the only way of sort of monetizing stuff in that sense. Whereas iTunes obviously still have the great big podcast market. There's no, and it feels like, you know, we're podcasters obviously ourselves and um, this podcast does not make any money. Um, but we do it for You're other reasons. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, sponsored by Coca-Cola, does not make any money. We had one or two advertising inquiries in our <laughs> inbox, one or two yeah. of which were pretty fruity, yeah. but also just weird. And he wanted to say, have, have you heard the show? This is quite a technical discussion. They've seen comedy. the word comedy in there. Yeah. And they thought, all right, oh, yeah. we'll get the, the lads comedy market here. Yeah, no, yes. there was something that was a little bit fruity yeah. and weird, but... Um, but anyway, so uh, it feels like there is a, a radio yeah. resurgence. What, what I would to, to, <laughs> to the good. just just to say, for if you're starting out, and you want to write for radio. I mean, it was that the, the range of shows was phenomenal, and there were shows. Um, that's a company called uh, Daphne, which is a collection of uh, young stand-ups. Phil Wang is uh, one of them, and um, they did a show called Daphne yeah, Sounds he's Expensive. He's is he, Phil <laughs> To me, that is young, okay? Um, Aim to be, I'm young. Yeah, young, yes, son. Yeah. 35, God, 35, I remember he'd that. Still, if you're a novelist, you'd still be a young novelist. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That, right. So, right. definition. But Daphne Sounds Expensive was, it, it sounded like the goons, uh, but updated to the 21st century, which is just an amazing thing, that somebody mm. is, somebody's making a show that is like the goons, a modern yeah. version. And then again, there was another group, uh, Max and Ivan's uh, Casebook, mm. which sounded totally traditional, was so t- totally like a kind of mm. round the horn almost, um, re- retro kind of show. But it was hilarious. Mm. It was just really funny. So you can do, you know, there's, there's such a kind of back history mm. of radio that you can sort of pay homage to and update. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and then there was a, an amazing show, that, um, did just a guy with cerebral palsy who, uh, who uh, and, and you know, there's so much kind of worthy stuff about you know diversity and getting different voices on but this this show was just laugh out loud funny and you know there's a lot of great stuff coming out of radio Brilliant. We should wrap this up. We He's should. 28, Phil Wang. I just looked it up. He's 28. Sorry. Okay. sorry. Apologies okay. to Phil Wang. Yeah. Wang, if you're listening. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he isn't. <laughs> but uh, okay. but uh, anyway, thank you very much for being part of our discussion. Um, Abby, thank you, Shai. Thank you to the Writers Guild yes. for thank letting you. us use their room after our comedy committee meeting. Yes, and thanks to Neil, even though he's not here. Thank you to Neil. He's gone. He's dead to us. Um, but uh, <laughs> too much. Too much. That's yeah, okay. yeah, it's, it's right. But anyway, um, speak to you next time. Uh, do send us an email. Do send us. Uh, do like us on Facebook and yeah. all that stuff. Sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.